What's up, y'all? Listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, it is week three. We've had a couple coaches, not, sorry, not a couple coaches. We have had a coach get fired already in week <laughs> before week three. So season's going great. Sorry, Nebraska. Uh, but Daniel, we have a lot of games to get to. Let's dive right in before we get to those seven games. What's a game we're not talking about? You're excited to watch this weekend. Um, actually, give me yours. I'm going to steal yours. Hopefully, Mississippi for some State reason, LSU. I forget that we do this every week. Mississippi State LSU. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. That is a very good one. Uh, Mississippi State. It is ridiculous that they are not ranked. I have them in my top 15 of my personal rankings. They are rated on the XPR, so our internal rankings that you can check out at the Extra Point Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can check it out on Daniel and I's Twitters as well, so at Jacob Carnes with a K, at Deep South of Daniel. You can check out our XPR. But, yeah, Mississippi State ranked 14th in our XPR, and I think that is a lot more accurate than leaving them unranked. This is a sneaky good team. Uh, excited to see an LSU team that has regrouped. They've had a bye week since that. Actually, it's not a bye week. They played Southern, but they looked really good against Southern. Yeah. Uh, excited to see what this team looks like after regrouping after the Florida State loss or if the new coaching staff change is going to be a problem moving forward. Not long-term, but growing pains in year one. So that'll be a really, really good test for both teams on Saturday. Yeah, I um, kind of piggybacking off of that because you mentioned Florida State. Um I've got two games, but Friday night, uh, Florida State is playing Louisville. And Louisville's been kind of a sneaky team on Friday nights, and they just beat um, UCF last week. Um, this is game. the type this is the type of team that Florida State needs to beat with consistency, Jacob, if they're taking that next step. Um, I would I would say that Florida State's a tick above. Louisville and that they should be able to handle them. Um, it is a Friday night. It could get weird. Who knows? You know, college football is played on Saturdays, not on Friday nights. So um, I'm interested to see it. You know, how does Florida State handle success? They're two and zero. Let's see. Let's see what they can do. Um, and then I'll just at, just mention a game. Jacob, Old Dominion plays Virginia. They beat Virginia Tech earlier this year. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a good one. All right. I just if they beat Virginia as well. What's the spread on that? Uh let's see here. Sorry, I just had it. No, you're fine. Nine and a half. Because I actually bet Old Dominion plus ten in our other picks. So it's Virginia's favored by nine and a half. Virginia's favor they should they should be favored every Ooh. year, every time they play. But yeah. I would get in while the getting's good because this that that line is creeping down. That, that's a sneaky good pick. I'll be watching that one. Daniel, let's dive in. We're going to talk South Carolina, Georgia, Oregon, BYU, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Auburn, Penn State, Washington, Michigan State, Texas A&M, Miami, and USC and Fresno State. And getting a chance to talk about some teams we haven't talked about yet. Let's go ahead and start at the top. New number one team in the country, according to the AP poll, Georgia on the road at South Carolina. This is a line that's been creeping up. 
Uh, we got it at 24. It's probably already creeped up a little bit more since that, since then. But Georgia goes on the road, first SEC game, South Carolina. Crowd will be very hype uh, there in Columbia. It'll be very hot. 24-point spread for the number one Georgia Bulldogs. Where are you going uh, in Columbia? actually have looked at the weather and traditionally it is super hot this early in the season, but it's only 87 degrees. Ooh, um, that is cold for Columbia that, in September. Uh, that That's November weather, my friend. So <laughs> that is. Um, they I might wear the, the long sleeves. In the world. Yeah, they might wear the long sleeves for this one. Um, it's senior <laughs> night, basically, for, right. for South Carolina. So uh, no, but that is interesting because I agree it's one of those super hot places that uh, that usually is even more of a, a home field advantage because you go in there, it's hot. Those fans are passionate. They're loud. Um, very similar to Auburn where it's kind of sneaky, where you, you're not, you don't realize how good of a, a group it is as far as the, the fan base. Um, I, do, I do think that South Carolina poses a threat to Georgia, Um maybe not what the lead analysts on, you know, your favorite networks have said in the off season, um, just basically, Oh, Hey, South Carolina was good last year. And they just got, you know, an elite quarterback talent come in to replace these other guys. They're going to be better. It was just like a blanket statement. I think that South Carolina is good. I do think that uh, relative to what South Carolina for what they are, but we saw last week against Arkansas, Arkansas was able to move the ball on them. They ran for 295 yards rushing on them. Um, They were able to just kind of handle them at the line of scrimmage, which I think is a big deal, a a key to like point two in this game. And then, you know, Rattler was able to throw for a bunch of yards and score points to kind of keep it within shouting distance. But Arkansas was clearly the better team and asserted themselves late and won by multiple scores. Now, you know, transitive property doesn't always work. Actually, it almost never works. But if you just, you know, replace Arkansas with Georgia, Georgia's defense is much better than Arkansas. And I just, I I think that Georgia is in the business of not giving up touchdowns, and they have not yet this year. So I'm actually going to be surprised if South Carolina scores more than 10 points in this game. Um, because that would probably require them to get in the end zone at least once. And uh, for Georgia, I just don't see that it's going to take a lot for somebody to slow them down because you're going to have to be able to shut a lot of things down well. And I think that Georgia can beat you several different ways offensively. Um, So 24 points, I would lay it. I think that Georgia is the better team, and I think it's uh, it'll be apparent early. And so it'll give, and it's also, it's a, an SEC game. You know, if you look at last week, for example, for Georgia playing Sanford, you know, if you read between the lines with him and Chris Hatcher, Chris Hatcher giving Kirby his first job, um, all that, Kirby's not going to run the score up on him um, and, and try to make some sort of point. So 33 nothing, very casual day. I, I look for Georgia to kind of put the foot on the gas a little more like, like the Oregon game. Um, so, yeah. I'm thinking Georgia's somewhere in the 40s and South Carolina's, you know, maybe 10 points. This game is going to get ugly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm laying the points with Georgia. Last week, South Carolina, I had to make sure I had the number right here. 
Uh, defensive run stuff rate. So them stopping Arkansas. So run stuff rate is how often do you tackle the ball carrier? Do you hit them at or behind the line of scrimmage? Uh, 13% of the time, which ranks so – there's not Nick's ranking on this. It's percentile. It's in the first percentile, as in the – like 99 would have like, been great. Mm. First percentile, only a 13% uh, stuff rate. Havoc rate, 6%, 20th percentile. Now you're going up against what you and I think is the best offensive line in the country. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, that's it's just it's not a good matchup for South Carolina. This defense is bad. Uh, Rattler is going to have to do some special stuff on offense to then try to keep up in this game. But you and I talked about it off air. George, they did this last year. Georgia, when they get up, they're just going to suffocate you. Uh, Barton Simmons talked about it a few years back, but th- this is the boa constrictor. That, that if they get up by a couple scores, they know exactly what they need to do on defense, which is you can dink and dunk. We're not going to give it the big play. And then we're going to get up by a couple more scores, and you're going to get desperate. We're going to wait for you to make a mistake. We're going to capitalize on it. And I think that's what Georgia does in this game. I think Georgia scores above 40. I don't see South Carolina. If they get into double digits, I don't see them getting past 14. So uh, I like Georgia to win. I like them to win big. I say lay the 24. Pretty easy on this one. Daniel, let's go to Oregon. This is a very big game for both teams. Uh, BYU comes in undefeated. They have a difficult schedule this year, this being not even the first of their difficult games. They played Baylor last week, huge win. They're going on the road now. Excuse me, to, excuse me, goodness, to Eugene. I have the hiccups here. <laughs> to Eugene, playing the Ducks. Uh, Oregon sitting as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Where are you going with Oregon-BYU? So Oregon so far has had to play the best team in the nation in Georgia and then followed it up with Eastern Washington last week where they obviously severely overmatched them. This is probably the first opportunity we have to truly uh, gauge what Oregon is because this is a comparable-like opponent. Um, I think they're obviously closer to BYU than they were to either Georgia or Eastern Washington. Um, I do think that this is good timing for Oregon because if they played them right after Georgia, I think there would be some sort of a hangover effect and there might be, uh, you know, some self doubt. You got a new coaching staff, things like that, but being able to put 70 points on the board last week against Eastern Washington, have six rushers over uh, five and a half yards of carry, you know, they're able to kind of get to that brand that they're wanting to play. Uh, Bo Nix had a QBR of over 90. I think it was like 92, um, 92, for his uh, total QBR. So I think that all of that together, he threw five touchdowns, you know, he's got some confidence. He was extremely efficient. I think he, you know, only had a few incompletions. Um, That's the kind of game you need after having a a rough day that first week. So I think Oregon is going to play their game at home against the team that they know they can beat and this is them pushing themselves to show, hey, we may not be close to Georgia, but we're still a really good team. So three and a half points. I think Oregon wins this by at least a touchdown. I'm looking more closer to double digits. I think they're just they're stronger on the offensive line and uh, as far as the trenches go. And then defensively, I think you'll start to see some of these stars start to shine. Um, and I just don't think that BYU has enough to hang with them for 60 minutes. 
I'm with you. I'm taking Oregon. Lay the points. I think they win this game by touchdown. BYU is a very good team. Uh, this is an opportunity to have a get-right game for Oregon. They were outmatched physically. They were – this is Oregon. They were outcoached, like, tremendously when they played Georgia. Uh, the, you know, they had their get-right game with a, with a nice FCS uh, served up on a silver platter last week. But now is an opportunity to go show that you still have everything ahead of you that you want to accomplish uh, against a very good opponent at home. So – this is a matchup I like Oregon in. BYU did not do a great job. Similar to South Carolina, Baylor was able to run the ball last week. I think this plays in a bit to Oregon's favor this week. Uh, that offensive line is talented. They were able to move the ball yards-wise on Georgia. They just didn't have very good success in the red zone. You and I were talking about that uh, off air, Daniel. That, that middle eight, Oregon actually did a pretty decent job of. They're able to run the ball, control the clock, and get Bo, get Bo Nick some easy completions. Uh, against this BYU defense, BYU, their their offense is definitely the strength of this team. Decent defense, but I like Oregon here. I, I'll mention something I mentioned last week that uh, actually didn't play into my hand with Texas A&M, but uh, number of plays. So Baylor ran ninety two offensive play out. Excuse me, Baylor ran ninety two offensive snaps last week. So that's a lot of plays being on the field. I think against a team like Oregon, it's very physical that's going to take a toll on you uh, this week. So overtime game last week for BYU, I think that plays into effect too. I like Oregon. I'm with you. I like them by a touchdown. I'm not quite to the double-digit uh, area, but I like I do like them by a touchdown. So far, two-for-two two agreement. Uh, Daniel, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss. So Georgia Tech has a few out-of-conference games that are pretty difficult this year, uh, Ole Miss being one of them. Ole Miss comes in as a 16 point favorite what are you thinking on on the flats i am gonna fade georgia tech most of this year any opportunity um nothing against georgia tech i just think that uh they they stand a tough chance to do this to to be close to anybody um this year it's gonna be tough to find wins on their schedule um one that you wanted to pencil in is is western carolina they're able to take care of that one uh, I, I don't imagine you got eyes on that game at all. I did watch a little bit of it because uh, my cousin goes to Western Carolina and he was at the game. So I wanted to kind of keep an eye, see what was going on. And they had trouble with the tempo that Western Carolina runs. And if they had trouble with that, uh, this is, you know, supercharged version of that with Ole Miss. Um, I look for Ole Miss to be in the end zone early and often. Um, Tech might be able to move the ball and score against Ole Miss's defense um, here and there and have some successes, but I, I think Ole Miss is going to run away with this, especially in the second half. Um, I think they'll be able to pound the ball um, as well. So I look for Ole Miss to win by at least three three touchdowns. So 21 points, play the points. I am – Step and step with you, three for three. Uh, 21 points is exactly how I see this game. This is like a 38 17 mm. kind of game where I think Tech can find the end zone a couple of times, get a, get a few scoring opportunities. But this almost offense, I just don't think you're gonna be able to keep up. Mm. And like you said, early and often, they're gonna score their rush EPA right now and success rate rank first in the country, their EPA margin ranks top 15 in the country. This has been a quality team so far. Uh, this this rushing game, you know, last year it was Ole Miss's prolific passing attack. 
man, this year their rushing attack looks pretty prolific. And credit to Lane Kiffin for having these boys ready to play, went on the transfer portal and got a different personnel. And he does a really good job of highlighting his best personnel. Zach Evans has looked like the guy he was recruited to be this year so far. So he's fitting in really well to that offense. That does not play well into Georgia Tech's favor with the way their defense was played. You know, they hung with Clemson for a little bit, but Clemson, that offensive line, honestly, is not as good as Ole Miss's. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but yeah. they're not. Um, so I like Ole Miss. I think 16's not enough points. I'm with you. I like Ole Miss by 21 on Saturday. Daniel, let's go from the flats, the plains. So Auburn getting that return trip from Penn State wide out last year uh auburn hosting penn state penn state though a three-point favorite on the road where are you going to the plains yeah i think that much would be made of the white out and they might be talking about how great that trip was and it was a awesome game to watch last year auburn really hung close when the perception was that penn state was much better than auburn um, auburn kept it close on the road um, I don't think that Penn State realizes what Jordan Hare is. Um, I, I think that they're going to come in. It'll be very nice and quaint. And then all of a sudden they're about to kick off and it's going to be this raucous, crazy place. They're not known for being insane people there. It's not like LSU where you're like, these people, there's something wrong with everybody. It's like, oh, no, these are very nice, sane human beings in a nice little quaint southern town. And then people don't just leave jordan hair with wins very often so i like auburn first of all to keep it close and they're the underdog they get three points at home i'm going to take that i have auburn outright winning this game um head to head with them uh, i just i i think that um it's tough to win on the road in the sec and penn state's going to find that out this week um so give me the war eagle tigers plus the points all right our first disagreement I'm going Penn State here. I like Penn State to win. I like them to cover. Penn State, here's an eye-popping stat for you. First and second down success rate, Penn State ranks 20th in the country. Uh, on the opposite side, Auburn's first and down, first and second down success rate, 113th in the country on defense. And that is not a good matchup. You do not – like, that means they're not getting teams in third and long. Like, they're giving teams third and two. And with with an experienced quarterback like Sean Clifford, look, I know he's Sean Clifford. I know he's been the system 10 years. He is a good college quarterback. And they've been working in Drew Alar a little bit. Uh, they've been having some packages for him even last week, which I love to see. Love seeing those five stars. But uh, Penn State impressed me in their comeback win against Purdue. Played a cupcake last week. But this is a team that has been really impressive in offense, and the defense is coming around. Nick Singletary, former five-star, true freshman, he has been phenomenal running the ball. Uh, even in a game with Tank Bigsby, he might be the best back on the field. He's that good. He, he He's a really, really good running back. So he's only a freshman. I think he has a big, big game at Auburn. I said so before the season, I am just – I am fading Auburn. Auburn ranks 127th in the country in net field position which is not good. They're not doing a good job of finishing drives. TJ Finley, I'm not convinced he's the best option at quarterback. I would not be surprised if we see two quarterbacks in this game. Uh, this might be the game where he loses his starting job at quarterback if it goes poorly, but I like Penn State to win. I like Penn State to cover on the road. I'm a big believer in this Penn State team. Daniel, let's go to the Pac-12. 
football Pac-12 Big Ten matchup. So Washington hosting Michigan State. This is a return trip uh, that Washington has already made. So Washington at home, three and a half point favorites. Where are you going uh, in Seattle? Yeah, this one's tough. Um, it's tough to – I mean, you, you could tell that by the line, obviously, with it being a three three-and-a-half-point spread for the home team as the favorite. It's I think the Vegas is telling you that they don't really know yet what these teams are going to be. Um, obviously, Michigan popped off – Michigan State, excuse me, um, popped off last year and really, really showed out. Uh, I, think Wisconsin, I think Washington is a team that can challenge them um, and – you know, definitely like, you know, uh, what Michael Penix brings offensively as far as his um, dual threat ability. Uh, I think that's going to pose problems for anybody, but uh, I, I'm just going to trust in Mel Tucker being a more veteran coach um, for, for Michigan State. Um, this is a tough spot on the road to go there. I think they're going to keep it close. Um I think they could even win this one outright, but three and a half points. I just don't think that Washington's going to go run away and hide. I don't think they're good enough to do that. I think Michigan State's good enough to, at a minimum, keep it within three and a half points. So I'm going to take Michigan State in the points. I think they can win it outright, but I'm not, I'm not super confident on that. I just know that they're going to keep it close. This line is smelly. I don't get it, but I'm going to trust my gut here. I'm 0-1 on these so far in 2022, but it's time to right the ship and go 500. Daniel, this is the WTF game of the week. Uh, wrong team favored. Based on what we've seen this year, Washington should not be favored. I don't get it. I do think Washington's trending in the right direction. I think they have shown that they are going to be a competent football team this year. But watching Michigan State this year, knowing the kind of program that's there watching the last couple of years, I just don't know why Michigan State isn't a favorite on the road. I know it's in the road. I know it's, you know, Seattle is an underrated environment when that team's good, when those people show up. But, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to some eye-popping stats. Michigan State, their offense is taking advantage of scoring opportunities. Uh, our friend, you know, friend of the show, Parker, at Stats War on Twitter, puts out these simple box scores uh, every week. His echo, something that he made, his stat, uh, it's best described as like how, how do you handle a quality possession? So once you get inside the 40, are you scoring? Uh, Washington ranks 126 in the country. with They're averaging giving up a touchdown every single time someone crosses the 40-yard line, their defense is. Michigan State ranks top 10 in the country. They're averaging six points every time they cross the 40. So, uh, and Washington's giving up seven. So they're not they're like, it is a full touchdown extra point they're giving up. That does not play into Washington's favor. Uh, also, early downs EPA, Michigan State ranks 10th in the country on offense. Uh, Washington's defense ranks 94th in the country. So this Michigan State offense looks like it hasn't skipped a beat. A little bit different style where, uh, their passing game this year is a little bit ahead of the run game, which that makes sense. Veteran quarterback, right? You lose a prolific runner uh, last year. But I like Michigan State to win outright, so I will take me some points. I think the wrong team's favored. Even if it was like a one-point, like Michigan State, one-point favorite on the road, that would make more sense to me than a full three-and-a-half. I know it sounds like, Jacob, it's not a lot of points. It's three more. But like three and a hook, that's mm -hmm. a ton in the sports betting world. I just don't get it. And so I'm going to trust my gut 
and I'm going to look dumb on Saturday night when Washington wins by a touchdown and Vegas knows what they're doing. But uh, wrong team favored. WTF game of the week. I'll take the points because Michigan State wins this game outright. Speaking of smelly lines, let's go to College Station. Uh, Texas A&M and Miami, College Game Day did the right thing here. They were going to go to Texas A&M. They get beat by App State. What do they do? They send game day to App State. That's exactly what you should do in these situations. Uh, Texas A&M, despite the loss, five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Miami. I don't like this line at all. I think Stank. Um, yeah, I – Jacob – I was about to embark on a principle last week of fading Texas A&M. Is I chose not to while we were recording. I felt sick to my stomach when I was watching the game because I felt like I should be on the right side, but I was not. Uh, my, what my eyes have told me thus far is that Texas A&M is not capable of beating a quality opponent, especially by a touchdown. That's essentially what five and a half is, is saying. So I consider Miami a quality opponent. I get that they're having to travel and go to Kyle Field. And I get that everybody already knows cats out of the bag. AM is back to the drawing board because of they've already gotten their upset out of the way. So it's not like a look ahead spot. AM's in crisis mode right now. I get that. Crisis mode back against the wall. They need to win this game no matter what. I also just don't trust them. And I think that Miami can come in there, not only win the game uh, or not only cover, but I think they can win the game outright. I, this is more about me not trusting Texas A&M to cover than it is me saying that for sure Miami is going to come in and do this, but I'm going to take Miami in the five and a half and just run and hide because I think this could get crazy. And you mentioned it stinks. That's all I kept thinking when I've seen this line. So I'm just take Miami, take the five and a half and say, I tried. I flipped my, I, I have flipped my pick back and forth. Even listening to you talk. Here's the thing. I'm taking A&M to cover and you can say, Jacob, that makes no sense. Did you watch them play last week? I watched that whole game last week. Nothing makes it, sense. It's college football. Okay? It was miserable watching that game as a college football fan because there was nothing good going on outside of how fun is it watching small schools get paid to go beat it up on big schools. That's fun. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. Here's what I'm doing, Daniel. I'm hedging my bets here. So I could double down and go WTF game number two. Miami has shown they're a better team, whatever. I don't know if I believe that, though, because because Notre Dame lost, because Nebraska lost, because Texas A&M lost to the Sun Belt last week, you forget that the Sun Belt almost, I say almost, but had a chance to go 4-0 mm-hmm. because Southern Miss was leading for a large majority of the first half against Miami last week. Miami ends up winning 30-7. to So it's not like Miami was blowing out their Sun Belt team oh, yeah. either last week. Again, I'm going to contradict myself from our previous game, but I think there's a reason Texas A&M is five-and-a-half-point favorites. That or the preseason numbers have not been fully baked out yet. Bill Conley has said by week five or six, the preseason numbers are completely gone, and until then, they'll play a little bit of a factor. So that could be this case, and I could look like an idiot on Saturday, 
when A&M gets blown out by Miami, and that's fine. I'm just going to stick my neck out one last time for A&M, and this is the last time I'll do it, and say there is so much talent on that roster, and there's enough coaches in the room to go figure out this week how to get them the ball a lot simpler because their offense is complicated. Like, you have to get them the ball. If they told me this week that Max Johnson was for sure starting, I would trust them. They're splitting the one reps in practice this week, 50-50. I, just, I, don't, I think that hurts them more than anything. I think they need to have a guy. But I'm with you. I digress. I'm staying with Miami, but that's what, that's that change in quarterback, even if it's not that much better of play, if it, it would change the belief of everybody and execution goes up. Anyways. I don't even know if it would help. A&M, A&M's going to – you what? I don't even know if changing quarterback would help. This offense is too complicated. A&M's already taken way too much of our time. All right. They don't even deserve this much they of don't. time. They don't. They lost to App State. Uh, lastly, USC and Fresno State. Excuse me. Sneaky good game. Would have been a lot more attention, I think, if Fresno State had beaten Oregon State last week. But mm-hmm. great game to stay up and watch last week. Shout out to Oregon State. 2-0. USC a 12-point favorite. USC looking really good on offense. Maybe maybe Lincoln Riley. Maybe his scheme is going to work. Maybe it's going to work out with him as a college coach. You know, maybe. hopefully he has some success. Uh, but USC, 12-point favorite at home, I think is their first real opportunity to kind of show, you know, show the country what's up against a very quality group of five teams. So where are you going in L.A.? Yeah, I was going to use the same word, quality opponent. Um, I like – I like them playing Fresno. I like being at home uh, for USC. Um, that Oregon State game was very interesting. And I, you know, you've been ahead on Oregon State for the past couple of years, Jacob. And Jonathan that was Smith. Team, just throwing it out there. They're right there. You know, we talk about that, how it's weird that we only rank 25 teams. If we were ranking 30, they'd be in the top 30. I had them right there on the line of 25, 26, 27 when I was going through my rankings. Um, so keep, you got to keep an eye out for Oregon State. They might sneak their way up in there sooner rather than later. Uh, but as far as this game is concerned, um, I'm interested. Ju- I, I'm excited, honestly, just to see what USC can do against an opponent like this. Because um, I do think that Fresno is going to give them a good um, a good look. Um, and it, it's a good progression for USC to kind of – uh, get there, you know, get that next step in level of play. Uh, I will say though, this line being less than two touchdowns, I'm, I'm very confident in USC in this game. Um, I think that, I think they might play around with them a little bit in the first half and it might be something even like, I don't know, 14 to 10 at halftime where it's like a four point game, but I see USC pulling away in the second half. Um, I just like the, trajectory of what Lincoln Riley does, uh, you know, Caleb Williams, them working together year over year. And, you know, I think Jordan Addison can have a big game. Um, all these guys really start making plays. Um, I don't know if it's going to look like a complete win, but I, I went in by two touchdowns. That doesn't seem, that seems very normal to me for this game. So if all I've got to do is lay 12, I'm in on USC. Love it. I actually think this line is a really, really good line because 
a matchup advantage that Fresno State does have is they're a great rushing offense, and USC's rush defense has been terrible. Like, USC's going to have to score 45-plus in every game to be successful because they might be giving up almost 40 a game against a quality offense. And that's exactly what Fresno State is, is a quality offense. I thought Stanford was a good little first test last week, but this is the first quality offense they're going to face this year. The problem is Fresno State's defense is also pretty bad and has been through two games. Uh, and I think USC is going to exploit that. So I think the line is really, really close to where I'd have this game. Uh, I like USC to win like 45-31 in that range. I'm, I'm with you in that two-touchdown range, but, I mean, a field goal here and there, and you could go right back under 11. So mm. I don't – this is not something I'm going to put on our separate picks that I'm more confident in, but I will go ahead and lay the points with USC – uh, with 12, I think they just score too many points uh, and get just enough stops to play the points here. And you know who USC plays next week? Oregon State oh. on the road. So so we gave a little preview. We foreshadowed without even – well, I mean, without me even realizing. don't know what that line is going to be. But... I might just follow my heart and take Oregon State regardless. So Yeah, that's like your heartthrob game. You got both teams that – you know, you've been all about the past few years. So, I mean, look, Jonathan Smith, man, just singing a love song, and I'm listening, you know? Yeah. Uh, do they, they got Montana State this week, so you're going to have undefeated Oregon State, undefeated USC. Man, then they got to go to Utah, though, Oregon State does. That's a tough one, too. Thanks a lot, Pac-12, uh, for that schedule. That's the, not that fair. Uh, to recap, South Carolina, Georgia, we're both on Georgia. Oregon, BYU, we're both on Oregon. Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, we are both on Ole Miss. Auburn, Penn State, I am on Penn State. You like Auburn at home to win outright. Um, the WTF game of the week, we are both on Michigan State over Washington. And then Texan and Miami, I'm on ATM. You're on Miami. Uh, don't like that one at all. And then we are both on USC over Fresno. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Extra Point Pod. We're going to post all these picks, see our XPR, uh, See all our episodes there as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. And that will do it for this edition of the Extra Point. He is Daniel. I'm Jacob. See you.